Good morning. Well, I think if you're not ready, they are. So between just us and here, I think we're going to have some church this morning. God's word says, I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. In your hand are power and might, and it is in your hand to make great and to give strength to all. God's word ends with these words. Proclaim with me the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. And that's exactly what we're fixing to do. Would you stand with me? pray together. Father God, we praise you for who you are. We adore you for what you've done. Father, as we come this morning 
to put aside all other thoughts and to focus our mind's attention and our heart's affection on you. Lord, speak to us. And let us be open to hearing from you. And God, let us not just simply hear from you, but let us then be transformed by what we hear. Lord, we want to go away an hour from now, a different person than we are right now. So Father, speak, Holy Spirit, move, and we will be very careful to listen to you, to hear from you, and then to be changed. And all God's people who agreed to that said, Amen. Please be seated. I'm not the youth pastor, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I want to thank you for coming here and being at Anastasia Baptist Church. Aren't you glad to be here? Amen. 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 Yeah, I am glad to be here too. You know, if you are with us today, I want to say thank you for making this your church home, even if it's just your church home for this morning. Uh, glad that you are here. You're certainly welcome. We'd like to get to know you better. One of the ways that uh, we can get to know you better is you can fill out a Connect card. There are, there's a Connect card in your bulletin, but also you can do that digitally if you like to do that. Um, there's a, a QR code there. You could always take your phone out and scan that. You ever wonder what happens? You, it takes you to a place. It gives you all the links to different things going up, the different events, but also to the Connect card, and, and you can do that. Or you can always text uh, 904-441-6900 and just text the word connect. You're just like sending a text message. The word is only connect and, and that pulls up a digital connect card too and you can fill it out. But also we got the paper, paper ways uh, to do that as well. Um, we have a lot going on in the life of our church. Uh, next, I mean tomorrow, we have our first super seniors lunch, senior adult lunch uh, for the year. And uh, it's going to be tomorrow, and uh, if you are 55 or better, are any of you better than 55? Okay. You're invited to come. So I'm better than 55. So uh, you can come and be a part of that. It's in the CLC. There's information in the bulletin. Uh, we have a beach baptism that is coming up in two weeks. If, if the Lord is calling you to take that step of faith, uh, of being baptized and declaring your faith uh, through uh, believer's baptism by immersion, we're going to do that at the beach on September 24th. I invite all of you, if you're interested, uh, connect with us, let us know, and we'll uh, help you take that next step. And there are other things in the bulletin. I just invite you to uh, take those and, and read that very carefully. Okay, God bless you. It's about a simple message. 
Would you stand with me? Let's continue to worship through song.
Father, when we stop to really think to what, back to what you gave, your very own son, and Jesus, when we stop to think what you gave, your life, we realize how, how pale what we give seems in comparison. But Lord, you give us that privilege and you give us the responsibility to give. So, Father, we thank you for that. And, Lord, we, we as a church, we, we give thanks to those who do give. We look around at the, the, the needs of this world, and, Lord, we, we, can, we can think, what can we do? They're just overpowering. There's too many. But, Father, when we stop to realize who you are, we realize you are not overwhelmed. So, Father, thank you for allowing us as, as this small corner of your kingdom to be a part of how you choose to touch your world and to reach out and to impact people. So thank you for giving us that privilege. Forgive us for the times we've, we've not done as we should. Lord, bless those who are doing 
as they should. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Before I give the message, why don't you stand up right now and greet other people with the right hand of fellowship. Tell them how surprised you are to see them at church. Okay, that's enough. It's enough love in the house. Oh, it's good to see all of you here today. <clears throat> We're starting a new sermon series. We're starting a new message series uh, for the fall. We're calling it A Divided Heart. And this fall, this, this came out of our sermon series last year, about this time, we went through the history of redemption, and we took one week and we talked about the divided kingdom and the steady decline that happened in the nations of uh, the two kingdoms of Israel and Judah, and realized we needed to expand on that. So this fall, we're going to do that. And we're going to go through uh, a little bit of a history and the impact of those kings after King Saul, <clears throat> after King David, okay? See, Israel was united in a united kingdom during the first three kings, King Saul, King David, and King Solomon, okay? But then the kingdom divided. And there was the northern kingdom, Israel, and the 10 tribes of the northern kingdom of Israel. Then there was Judah to the south, uh, the tribes of Judah and Benjamin. And so we had the kingdom of Israel, the kingdom of Judah. And uh, during that time, the children of Israel, the whole group, they were in this steady state of decline not because they had a divided kingdom, but because they had a divided heart. Their heart was not fully trusting in the Lord. They were divided. They didn't love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that's why we're calling this series A Divided Heart. And uh, we're going to be looking at those kings during that time. Because, you know, whatever divides our hearts breaks the heart of God. Whatever, whatever prevents us from full faith devotion to the one true living God prevents us from pleasing him, prevents us from getting all the blessings that he wants to have for us. So, so you know, we're going to have, we're going to talk about a divided heart and we're going to start with King Solomon. And King Solomon did not rule over divided kingdom, but Solomon set the stage. King Solomon set the stage. He left a divided legacy. So uh, let me just pray and then we'll get into this. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that, that you have given every good and perfect blessing, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would help us as people to have full devotion to you. Lord, that we love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Lord, that we pass on to the next generation what a beautiful thing it is to walk in your steps and to trust in your heart. And Lord, I pray that these words that I share, Lord, that they would be impactful that they'd be beneficial, but most importantly, that they would bring glory and honor to you. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 So anyway, um, this message I'm going to share with you has nine points, okay? So we should be out by five o'clock tonight. <laughs> <Amen. laughs> 
We'll be out before then, I promise you. But if you want to follow along, the, there, there are notes in the bulletin. You can, you can do that. If you use the Bible app, the YouVersion Bible app, the notes are also there. Uh, but anyway, just, just going through this. Solomon was the son of David and Bathsheba. The son of David, King David and Bathsheba. You see, King David and Bathsheba, they committed adultery, okay? They were both married, okay? And Bathsheba, she was married to Uriah. Uriah was a soldier, a Hittite, and he was off to war. And when he was off to war, King David went in to see Bathsheba. She became pregnant. And then David arranged for Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, to conveniently be killed in battle. Okay, then David took uh, Bathsheba to be his wife. And the prophet Nathan outed them. The prophet Nathan publicly uh, told everybody what was going on. And that child was born and that first son died. Then, 2 Samuel chapter 12. 2 Samuel chapter 12, starting at verse 24. It says, Then David comforted his wife Bathsheba and went into her and lay with her. And she bore a son and called his name Solomon. And the Lord loved him. And sent a message by, the Nathan, by Nathan the prophet. And so he called his name Jedidiah because of the Lord. I just love this. It says the Lord loved Solomon. And what this tells me is that Solomon's birth and Solomon's life is a testament, a testimony that we serve a God of love and forgiveness. We, we serve a God who, who tells us we don't have to be trapped by our past sins and mistakes. He doesn't gloss over them. He doesn't, he doesn't pretend like they never happened. We live with those past mistakes, but we don't have to be defined by them. And Solomon was not defined by, by who his dad and mom were in a way that, that caused shame to him. It says the Lord loved him. The Lord loved him, okay? Uh, they called him Solomon. Solomon comes from, in, in Hebrew, it's Shlomo, and it is, uh, it is a der derivation of the word Shalom. It means peace. Solomon means peace. But he had another name. That's the next point to write down. Solomon had another name, and that was beloved of the Lord, Jedediah, Jedediah. So Solomon was chosen. He was chosen by the king to be the king after David. Okay, he's loved by the Lord. He's loved by his father, David. Uh, he was chosen over his older siblings. He wasn't the firstborn. I mean, there was another firstborn. There was Absalom. You might know the story of Absalom, and Absalom tried a rebellion against his father. There was another son, Abishag, and, and he also uh, thought that he would be king after King David died, but, but Solomon was chosen by King David. And this is what it says in 1 Kings chapter 2. So if you got your Bibles, 1 Kings chapter 2, listen to this. When David's time to die drew near, he commanded Solomon his son, saying, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. Be strong and show yourself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules, and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. That the Lord may establish his word that he spoke concerning me, saying, if your sons pay close attention to their way, to walk before me in faithfulness with all their heart and with all their soul, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. This is the commission. So Solomon became king. And Solomon ruled for about 40 years. He ruled from about 970 B.C. to about 931, 930 B.C., those 40 years. And a few facts about Solomon. Solomon was the prophet, was the, excuse me, the author of Proverbs, 
author of Ecclesiastes. We think likely the author of Song of Songs. Uh, in my day, when I learned the books of the Bible, we didn't call it Song of Songs. It was King James Version, and we learned Song of Solomon. Did anybody learn the books of the Bible and it was Song of Solomon when you were growing? Yeah, that was me. Okay, okay. Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. Okay, that was how it was. Uh, but likely he is the author of that. Solomon built the first temple. He built the first temple to the Lord. Uh, and uh, Solomon, to do that, he, he, uh, he drafted labor. There was forced labor. He had 183,000 people that he conscripted into work. Uh, they had to work a month at a time and then two months off, a month at a time and two months off. Solomon had over 700 wives. Solomon had over 700 mothers-in-law. <laughs> Solomon left a divided legacy, okay? Here's the point I want to make. Every person has a kingdom and every person has a legacy. Every person has a kingdom and every person has a legacy. What is my kingdom? What is my legacy? What am I leaving behind for the next generation? We all have those areas of influences. We all have those areas that we control. Every person has a kingdom. It might be your house. It might be your business. It might be uh, whatever, uh, your friends. But what is your kingdom and what is your legacy? What is the impact going to be on your life after you leave this earth? Kings are called to pay close attention to the way they walk before the Lord. Well, I want you to know all of you are kings. All of you have kingdoms, and we're all called to pay close attention to the way we walk before the Lord. We all have kingdoms, and we all leave a legacy. So those words of 1 Kings chapter 2 apply to all of us, that we need to keep walking in the way of the Lord. We need, we need to pay close attention to his commandments. We need to keep being a testimony of the Lord's love and forgiveness because you have a kingdom, and you have a legacy, and you're passing it on to a next generation. It's very important. Uh, let's move on in the life of Solomon. I move into 1 Kings chapter 3. Early in his marriage, early in his reign, it says Solomon made a marriage alliance with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, okay? He wasn't supposed to do that. Solomon made a marriage alliance with Pharaoh, king of Egypt. He took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into the city of David until he'd finished building his own house and the house of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. The people were sacrificing at the high places, However, because no house had yet been built for the name of the Lord, Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statues of David his father only, and you can, you can translate that word but, or except, only except he sacrificed and made offerings at the high places. Solomon loved the Lord. It says it right there in the Bible. Solomon loved the Lord. Solomon followed most of what the Bible told him to do. He, he did most of the statutes of the Lord. But one of the first things he did, he married, he married the daughter of the Pharaoh of Egypt. You know, that was against what he was supposed to do. And then he participated in false worship. He was worshiping on the high places. Solomon had a divided heart. He had a divided heart. He had a heart that wanted to keep hold of what was in front of him, the things in this world, but he also had a heart that wanted to follow the Lord. You know? King Solomon, like most people, had a complicated and divided heart. That's the next thing to write down. Like many of you in this room, King Solomon had a complicated and a divided heart. 
that there are things of this world that we are concerned about and we're trying to take care of those kinds of business things, but then also we want to follow the Lord and we wish, we wish that we understood how to navigate that effectively. But you know, we have these divided hearts. We deal with that. Many of you in this room, you're dealing with it. I deal with that. I had someone tell me once that they were in a spiritual crisis and they said they knew what the Bible said. This is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible tells me to do. But I know in my real mind that I should be doing this. And I'm thinking to myself, your real mind? (laughs) God is king over your real mind. Everything here on earth, it's going to pass away. And the things of eternity are more real than the things you see and feel right here in this room. Because the things of eternity, although they are unseen, they're going to last into eternity. And so, you know, but that's common. Is there something dividing your heart? Because it is complicated. It is complicated. We try to take care of business in this world, try to do wise things in this world. How can I navigate a complicated life that threatens to divide my heart? that threatens to divide my kingdom and damage my legacy. And here's how you do it. Keep aiming for the Lord. Just keep aiming for the Lord. When you find yourself a little off course, recalculate and start aiming for the Lord. When you fall down in sin, get up and start aiming for the Lord. When when something happens in crisis, just keep aiming for the Lord. That's how you do it. It's this daily walk with him. Keep aiming for the Lord. You know, an interesting fact about Solomon, two times, two times the Bible records it. It records it in, and if you want to look at the life of Solomon, he's in 1 Kings chapters 1 through 11. He's in 2 Chronicles chapters 1 through 10, uh, 2 through 10, that area. But, you know, an interesting fact about Solomon is that the Lord appeared to him twice in a vision. Now, that didn't happen. That was unusual for a king. The vision of the Lord, the Lord presenting himself in person before the king didn't happen to every king. It happened very, very rarely. Here's what usually happened. The Lord presented himself, the Lord appeared to a prophet, and the prophet would take the message and take that to the king. But Solomon, the Bible says two times in 1 Kings chapter 3, 1 Kings chapter 9, two times the Lord appeared to Solomon in a vision. The first time when he was worshiping in a place called Gibeon, and uh, and we're going to look at that section right now. And then a second time, right after the dedication of the temple in 1 Kings chapter 9. But this is what it says that that first time he received a vision and and the vision told him to pray for something. And this is what Solomon prayed in 1 Kings chapter 3, starting at verse 9. He said this, give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people. That I may discern between good and evil. For who's able to govern this your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon asked this. And God said to him, because you've asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind so that none like you's been before you and none like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you've not asked for, both riches and honor so that no other king shall compare to you all your days, and if you'll walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. This is the key point. You want to navigate this complicated life with a divided heart? Here's the, first, here's the next thing. Ask God for wisdom. It pleases him. Ask God for wisdom. It pleases him. Okay? 
Seek, ask the Lord to help you. You find out you don't, you don't understand what to do in this very situation. Because, you know, you know, we wish everything were just very clearly black and white. But in our sinful mind, sometimes we, we interpret things in a hundred shades of gray. And we don't know what to do. And it says in James 1, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reports. Ask the Lord for wisdom. He's going to give you wisdom. It says there, if any of you lacks wisdom. The problem for me is that when I lack wisdom, I don't always know I lack wisdom. <laughs> Same for other people I've noticed. The people that need wisdom don't seem to know they need wisdom. That may be you, okay? So here's what I'm going to suggest to you all. Don't wait till you lack wisdom to ask for wisdom. Just start asking for them, okay? Because you, you may be lacking it and don't know it, okay? But just, just ask the Lord for wisdom. He's going to give you wisdom, okay? That's what the Bible said happened to Solomon. In 1 Kings chapter 4, we're moving on to another chapter here. In 1 Kings chapter 4, starting at verse 29, it says, And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure and breadth of mind like the sand on the seashore. Wow. So that Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the people of the East and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was far wiser than all other men, wiser than Ethan, the Ezraite, and Haman, and Kakol, and Dardah, the sons of Machol. And his fame was in all the surrounding nations. He also spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. He spoke of trees. He, he was a botanist. He spoke of trees from the cedar that is in Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the wall. He spoke also of beasts. He was a zoologist, okay? And of birds and of reptiles and of fish. And people of all nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon and from all the kings of the earth who'd heard of his wisdom. Wisdom. We all need wisdom, right? Where does wisdom begin? Wisdom begins with the Lord. You know, we have divided hearts. We know that. We live in a complicated world. The first thing we can do, if you want to navigate this life, just go get down on your knees and ask the Lord for wisdom. He will give it to you. It pleases him that you're asking for wisdom. Now, here's another thing. Uh, I look in 1 Kings chapter 6. We're moving on a couple more chapters. And in verse 38, it says, In the 11th year, that's in the 11th year of his reign, in the month of Bull, which is the 8th month, the house was finished in all its parts and according to all its specifications. He was seven years in building it. That house was the temple. Okay, he finished building the temple. Solomon built the first temple. There were, there were three temples. <clears throat> Solomon built the first one. That got destroyed in the captivity when the Babylonians came in. A second one was built after the exile. That was the, the temple of Zerubbabel. And then there was a third temple. That's when Herod rebuilt the temple uh, in the time of Jesus. So <clears throat> there were three temples. Um, and Solomon was a temple builder. It took him seven years to do it. Well, he was a temple builder. And, and I think God is calling all of us to be temple builders too. If you, want, if you want to live according to the Lord, if you want to navigate this life, focus on being a temple builder. Build up the body of Christ because the temple is not a building anymore. I'm not talking about making sure that you give donations to the building fund, although I don't want to discourage you from that either. <laughs> Okay, But it's not about building up buildings, okay? It's not about building up buildings. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul wrote this. He said, so then you're no longer strangers 
and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. So here's that foundation, okay, of the apostles and prophets and Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. And so we're built up together. And in verse 21 of Ephesians 2, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple of the Lord, in whom you, plural, you all, also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Church, we're the temple. The body believers, we're the temple of the Lord, and we need to be, we need to build up the body. The church was never supposed to be a consumer project. It's a construction project. It's not a consumer activity. And I know I've shared this with you before. Sometimes people will come to me and, and they say, well, we're just checking out your church. We're doing a little church shopping. And you know how I love that. <laughs> and I'll smile and I'll nod. But inside, I'm thinking to myself, sadly, you've really just bought into consumer culture. We live in a consumer culture. Which, what's the best deal I can get? Church is not about what I can get out of church. Church is about what I can put into it, what I can do to build church. That's what it's about. It's about serving. It's, it's not a consumer project. It's, it's a construction project. It's about me serving and connecting and building and speaking into the lives of, of other people. It's encouraging one another. That's what it is. And if you want to build a life that's pleasing to the Lord and you want to be united, be a temple builder. Do what you can to help build the body of Christ. Then we move on five chapters later to 1 Kings 11. This is kind of the summary chapter of a lot of his reign. 1 Kings chapter 11. I wonder what my 1 Kings chapter 11 chapter will be like when all is said and done in my life. This is Solomon's. Now King Solomon lived, excuse me, now King Solomon loved many foreign women along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite women from the nations concerning which the Lord had said to the people of Israel, you shall not enter into marriage with them, neither shall they with you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clung to these in love. He had 700 wives who were princesses and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods, gods, and his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God, as was the heart of of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians. That's over there by the Mediterranean Sea to the west of Jerusalem. And after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. That's over to the east of Jerusalem, across the Jordan River. Uh, where the kingdom of Jordan is now. So, so he, from the west to the east, he's following these foreign gods. So Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and did not wholly follow the Lord as David his father had done. Verse 7, Then Solomon built a high place for Hamash, the abomination of Moab, and for Molech. Molech, if you know anything about those ancient Near East gods, Molech, the worship that was child sacrifice. It says he built a high place for Molech, the abomination of the Ammonites, on the mountain east of Jerusalem. Do you know what that mountain east of Jerusalem is? The Mount of Olives. On the Mount of Olives, overlooking Jerusalem, he built a high place for child sacrifice. Okay. And so he did for all his foreign wives who made offerings and sacrifice to their gods. And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, 
who'd appeared to him twice. It's a big thing that the cake, that the God, God appeared to him twice. And it commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods. But he did not keep what the Lord commanded. I appreciate what uh, Kevin King shared with me in a, a message. He, he knows what messages I'm preparing. He said he heard something. He said, King David went to war and Solomon went to weddings. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. That's a good line. <laughs> Solomon was passionate for women, okay? But that passion, that obsession led him away from God. And the point I want to make is this. Don't let passion for the world, passion whatever you're obsessed with, passion of what you like more than anything else, don't let passion for the world divide my heart and lead me from the Lord. A life of excess blocks our access to God. And the Lord said this would happen. Back in Deuteronomy, the people were, were in the wilderness. He said, the Lord said, when you come to the land, this is Deuteronomy 17, when you come to the land that the Lord your God's giving you and you possess it and dwell in it and then say, I'll set a king over me like all the nations that are around me, you may indeed set a king over you whom the Lord your God will choose. One from among your brothers you shall set his king over you. You may not put a foreigner over you who's not your brother. Only he must not acquire many horses for himself. Check, Solomon did that. Or cause the people to return to Egypt in order to acquire many horses. Well, he had that, that marriage to the king of Pharaoh. Check. He, he broke that. Since the Lord said to you, you shall never return that way again. And he shall not acquire many wives for himself. Check. Lest his heart turn away. Check. Nor shall he acquire for himself excessive silver or gold. Check. Solomon is a case study in breaking every single one of these things God said not to do. Okay. Now, it's okay to have hobbies. Okay, I have hobbies. I like to play the piano. That's a hobby of mine. I like to ride my bicycle. I like to go to the gym. I like to play cards with my wife. <gasps> I don't play for money. I just want to beat her, cards. <laughs> One of my hobbies is eating out. I like eating out, you know. But... One thing that should not be my hobby is God. God is not my hobby. The Lord needs to be my first love, my greatest hunger, my deepest thirst. And from that passion, when I make Jesus Christ first, then every other thing falls into place. You know, when I love the Lord, my God, with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, then I believe that makes me the very best husband I can be and the very best father I can be, and the very best co-worker that I can be. I think if I put him first, then that helps me to line everything else in the right order. So I need to love, love the Lord more than anything else. I don't want passion for the world in anything to divide my heart and lead me from the Lord. So you want to live according to the Lord? You, don't want, you want to have an undivided heart? Don't let passion for the world take you away from the Lord. Now, uh, let me share with you something else, verses 9 and 10. It says, and the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, uh, who had appeared to him twice uh, and commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods, but he did not keep what the Lord commanded. God wants me to love him with all my heart. God wants you to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And whatever divides my heart breaks the heart of God. Because what you're saying, you're not just making a choice, you're rejecting God. 
I mean, there was a time when Samuel, he was the judge. He was the person that anointed David king. When Samuel, uh, when the people came to Samuel, they didn't want Samuel's sons to be the judge. And they came up to Samuel and said, you need to put a king over us. We need a king. And Samuel was really ticked off. And Samuel was huffing and puffing, went to the Lord complaining in prayer. And the Lord spoke to Samuel. And he said, uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 8, the Lord said to Samuel, Obey the voice of the people and all that they say to you, for they've not rejected you. They've rejected me from being king over them. Whenever God is not king of my heart, then something else is. And we're rejecting God. So don't reject God. Last thing I want to share with you is this. This is coming from verses 11, 12, and 13. Therefore, the Lord said to Solomon, since this has been your practice and you've not kept my covenant and my statutes that I've commanded you, I'll surely tear the kingdom from you and will give it to your servant. Yet for the sake of David, your father, I will not do it in your days, but I'll tear it out of the hand of your son. However, I'll not tear away all of the kingdom, but I'll give one tribe to your son for the sake of David, my servant, and for the sake of Jerusalem that I have chosen. And so what happened was the northern kingdom, those 10 tribes uh, went away. They rebelled. And uh, the tribes of Judah and Benjamin, the tribe where, where Jerusalem was, uh, that remained under the King David's lineage control, Solomon's son. But Solomon's divided heart set the stage for generations of a divided kingdom. So here, here's the point I want to make. My love for God and my response to God has a generational impact. It has a generation. It, 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 it's not just what happens in my life. It's what, what the people are that are looking at me, the people that follow after me. It has a generational impact in church. has a generational impact uh, in my family. So what is my kingdom? What is it that I control? And what will that legacy be when I leave this place? You know, this is for generations to come. We're building these buildings. Praise God that we are. But you know, it's not about buildings. It's about reaching this next generation. Those are tools, Okay. That's not the legacy. The legacy is how we're sharing Jesus with the next generation and bringing hope to that next generation instead of chaos. But the commitment today is this, that if I find that my heart is divided, that I want to go to the Lord and say, Lord, help me love you with everything that is in my being. I don't want to be pulled by this and by that. I just want to be attracted to you. That's the commitment. Just keep aiming at him. Keep renewing that commitment. Let that be your impact. Let that be your legacy. You know, I, I would hope at the end of my life, when they're writing that first Kings 11 chapter about me, that they wouldn't go through all the things I did wrong. they just say, he loved Jesus with all his heart. That's, that's a legacy that I would like to share that he loved Jesus with all his heart. I pray that's a legacy that you would want to share. I think God honors that, and God would bless you in that. And that's my prayer for you and my prayer for me. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your word. And Lord, we are an unclean people, a people of unclean lips. Lord, we struggle in this world. And Lord, especially in an affluent society like ours. There are so many things to distract us from following you, but Lord, I pray that you would, you would keep us pure. You'd, you'd keep us centered on you as our North Star.
Lord Jesus, I pray that, that, that you would be the main attraction of every life. And Lord, that we'd see the blessings from following you. We'd, we'd see the peace. We'd experience the joy. Lord, I, I'm praying uh, for families, Lord, that they would be united around you. Lord, they'd find the, the blessings that come from being your children. Lord, I pray for those of us that have very difficult decisions to make, Lord, that you give us wisdom that we need. Lord, I pray for those of us that might be distracted by things that are keeping us from serving you. And Lord, I pray that as we take every step closer to you, that you'd make every blessing so obvious that no one could deny your praise, your glory, and your blessings in our lives. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. I invite you to stand right now. And uh, this is a hymn of response. If you want to respond publicly, you're certainly welcome to. Uh, there are people that will come forward during this song, and they'll say, I want to be a member of the church, or I want to get baptized, or I just want to trust in Jesus as Savior, and I just need to know how to do that. We have counselors that will help you make that decision. If God is calling you, you come. All I once held dear, built my life upon all this world reveres and wars to own. All I once thought gain, I have counted loss, spent and worthless now compared to Surpassing gift of righteousness, knowing you, Jesus, knowing you, there is no greater thing. You're my all, you're the best, you're my joy, my righteousness.
the best. You're my joy, my righteousness, and I love you, Lord. Knowing you, Jesus, knowing you, there is no greater thing. You're my all, you're the best, you're my joy, my righteousness, you're my all, you're the best, you're my joy, my righteousness, you're my all, you're the best, you're my joy, my righteousness, and I love you. receive your blessing from God's word. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might. He increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Go in the blessing of God to fly like eagles, to run, and not be weary in doing good. And all God's people who pledged to do so said, Amen. Amen.